Welcome to the 4th Tier Talk podcast with Samuel Wright and Gabrielle Ramsey. Get your best League 2 talk right here. So, hello everyone and welcome back to episode 12 of the 4th Tier Talk podcast. I'm host Samuel Wright, joined by co-host Gabrielle Ramsey and we are joined by Cambridge United fan Callum Tofts. Well, first of all, Gabrielle, going to start with you. The playoff final in League 2 is this Monday. Morecambe taking on Newport County. Where do you see this one going? Uh, first, I have to back Newport. I think that throughout the playoff semi-final, throughout the entire season, they've looked confident. They've looked like they're playing with a bit of flow between them. And obviously, you could say the same for Markham due to their league position, how much they've defied expectations this season. Uh, but for me, you know, Newport has suffered failure at the final hurdle two years ago against Tramia Rovers. Uh, it would surprise me if this time Michael Flynn's got a bit of a different game plan. He's reminded players of what what's expected of them. And it wouldn't surprise me if Newport went out there and just wiped the floor of Markham. But yeah. I think obviously that experience from two years ago will really help Newport here. And I know Morecambe have finished higher in the league, but Newport actually did the league double over Morecambe as well. And of course, they've got more experience here and they were probably expected to be here compared to a Morecambe who, you know, weren't expected to be this high. Yeah, I think it's uncharted territory for Morecambe. I think this is the highest position they've ever been in, in the, throughout the history of that club. Uh, but they've, they've beaten Newport once in the last seven sort of appearances. Uh, which pans back all the way back to 2015, 2014 time. So, you know, from that perspective, you've got to look at maybe Newport having new for hand, not just for the fact that they are more used to playoffs and playoff finals, but also they managed to beat Newport, uh, managed to beat Morecambe on several different occasions. They know how to break down Derek Adams' side, even if Adams weren't in charge. But they know how to break them down and they know what's to expect from this Morecambe team, who, to be fair to them, Morecambe has pretty much stuck to the same formation throughout the entire season. Yeah, so Callum, obviously, where do you see this one going? We spoke last week, of course, before the playoff games. And, I mean, Forestry Newport was certainly a thriller, particularly in the second leg. Um, where, which way do you see this one going? Um, I'm going to go the complete opposite and say Morecambe's going to win the final. Um, I know it's kind of putting myself out there, but I've backed Morecambe since the start of the playoffs. Um, I still think the momentum of them doing the whole season, no one expected to do and just keep going. And it's almost like once that train's rolling, they're not going to stop, and I don't believe they're going to fall, stop. They might fall at the stop, um, stop at the final hurdle, but I can't see them doing it. And I think it's one more game they've got to win, and they've beaten so many teams that no one think they're going to beat, or they no one really thought they're going to do this far in the playoffs. Um, but I just think that momentum is such key in the playoffs and going into the playoffs with such momentum from the season and finishing the season of high. So I do believe Morecambe. There's argument that Newport could win because they've been there before and everyone kind of expects them. But that's a lot of pressure on Newport again to do it and win the playoff final. I think possibly the pressure could get to them. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say Morecambe are going to win the playoffs. I mean, with the Forestry uh, Newport games, our Forestry started the game so well. I mean, did you think they were going to turn it around at one point? Or I mean, it was such a thrilling game. But you know, what what were your thoughts on that game as a whole as well? I think, first of all, that's probably one of the games of the season. 
Um, in total, I think fair play to Forest Green and Newport for putting a really good game on. Um, I think it might have shook Newport a bit, especially going into the leg being comfortably up as well. And going there, we can just see the game out, get a few goals possibly, and just hopefully not concede. That didn't really seem to happen, and it shook them a bit. I think if Morecambe going into the playoff final get an early goal or create good chances, that could really shook Newport. It seemed to shook them at the weekend. And when and when they played Forest Greens, that could play a part again. And I do think that could really shake um, Newport if Morecambe start really well like Forest Green did. Yeah, so Gabrielle, obviously, I mean, opposite predictions then, which is always uh, good to see. Um, as for um, Tranmere, of course, a team who many people thought they'd go up at the start of the season. They haven't managed to. They were beaten in the semi-final by Morecambe. You know, what What do you think of Tranmere right now? Obviously, not got a manager either, of course. So where do you see them perhaps going for next season? Uh, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit worried about Tranmere. Not obviously from just a normal football standpoint, just from how everything's going on in that club right now. You know, James Vaughan's retired at the age of 32, which, you know, it's pretty young for a football to retire at 32. Uh, no manager, you know, there might be a few rumours going around with Mickey Mellon returning to the club, uh, things like that. But, you know, you see a lot of clubs make some early transfers so far, especially in League 2, where there's a lot of free agents available. And you look at Tranmere, you know, they've just lost probably debatably their best player and their main striker. Uh, they've got no manager. Right now, there's looks like a pretty lack of direction at the club. And I think, um, obviously, Nic- Nicola Palios, I believe the name is, the Palios sort of family who's in charge of the club. I think they need to need to sort of just have a sit down, find who this new manager is. If it's Mellon returns to come there, I think that's a great appointment. Uh, also linked with, I think it's Dave Challoner from Hartlepool United. I think they need to get this new manager and they start building a more capable squad of playing this division because obviously they made it to the playoffs in the finals, but they weren't expected to go that one step further and get promotion this season, which is disappointing because you could potentially argue that they should still be in League One after everything that happened with the whole coronavirus and points per game system. So it's a bit of a strange situation, but I think right now for Tramie, the main thing is to have a bit of a rebuild. Uh, you know, get a new striking club who can replicate the form of James Vaughan, get a new manager in uh, and just bring in a new roster of players. Yeah, I mean, and one team who have appointed a manager is Forest Green Rovers, Rob Edwards, of course. Like, what do you think of that appointment? Obviously, fresh off a semi-final loss as well. Uh, I'm, I'm very surprised. I thought they'd be giving uh, Ball the permanent job, to be honest with you, because I thought he did a really good job for them. You know, admittedly, that first leg didn't entirely go to play, but he got them into the playoffs technically after everything that went down with Mark Cooper. And even that second leg, like Callum said, potentially game of the season. That's what Forest Green fans want to be seeing week in, week out, even if technically the result didn't go their way in the end. It was still a fantastic game of football, you know, an attacking sort of play. Uh, the fans were there chatting that they wanted him to stay. And if I were whoever the chairman is at Forest Green, uh, Dale Vince, I think he's called, you definitely would have listened to those fans and potentially given the job on a permanent basis. So I admit I'm surprised that he didn't get the job permanently, but I don't really know anything, to be honest, about the new manager. I've never heard of him. So hopefully he does well from Forest Green can make that one step further next season. They touched on that point. Do you think that's a bit of a risk, though, if he did get the permanent job? I mean, obviously, a bit of a lack of experience there as well. And I mean, you know, Forestry, yeah, they've done well towards the end of the season. But is there that risk there that if he started next season badly, he'd lose the job quickly? Yeah, I suppose that's always a risk when it comes to interim managers. I mean, he might have, you don't know what's happened. He might have said to the chairman himself, I don't want this job permanently. Not yet. I want to just maybe send the youth system and work my way up further when I'm more experienced and have more confidence in my role. But, you know, you look at, Obviously, I know a bit more about this, but Bradford City, you know, Truman and Sellers came from the youth, became interim managers. Uh, they did fantastic, but, you know, sort of went on the way in a little bit towards the end. And, and that's why they haven't managed to keep that job on a permanent basis. So, you know, you never know what the Forest Green that could happen with them. They've got enough confidence in Rob Edwards that he can be the man to take them that one step further to get them to League One next season. 
Uh, and I think it'll be really, one of those really interesting teams for next year. We'll see what's going to happen with them. Yeah, well, Callum, we've got to touch on one story from the National League. Sutton United will be playing in League Two next season. Wow, that's certainly an interesting addition and one we've never seen before. So, very exciting times there. 100%. I think completely fair play to Sutton United. Again, a brand new team coming up from the National League to League Super Suit with Barrow and Harrogate last season. They're making that progress and, doing, and surprising a lot of teams as well. I think Sutton United, again, will be one of them teams that can clearly surprise a few teams um, going forward and staying in the League Two with their main priority. But I'm not 100% sure on any of their players. They've got not really seen much of their game games this year, but they seem to have a really good team and show from going up. So fair play to Sutton United and hopefully they can stay up next season and progress in a few years to, years to come. Does it remind you a lot of Harrogate though, obviously? I don't know if you know that. I think their pitch is obviously like an Astro to a very similar situation to Harrogate, I guess, in a way where they're coming up as kind of a bit of an unknown team and it'll be interesting how they do get on for that sense, I guess. But the key for them is if they are to have fans in, I guess their fans will play a big part. 100%. I think with any lower league team of League 2, um, National League, and even some teams in League 1, having fans is so important for the momentum of games and some teams, it keeps teams alive. We've seen it, teams going to financial debt because of this, all this, and it's a real shame to see that, but it's once again proven how important fans are to football. Um, I think with Sutton, I would love to see them start showing again that new kind of teams that we want to see in League 2 and not always have the same teams. It's a fresh, fresh air and new um, things for fans to enjoy. So I think Sutton will just enjoy the season and hopefully like Harrogate and Barrow will stay up. Yeah, it will certainly be interesting how they do so. And I'd like to say a bit of the breath of fresh air as well to the division, just like last season, another team who were very new to it. Um, Gabriel, what about yourself then with Sutton? Um, interesting, interesting addition, like we just mentioned. What, Where do you see it going for them and how important do you think the summer could be for them? I think it's such a crucial summer, you know. They've done fantastic to get to this position. I believe they're a part-time club with a 3G surface, so they're kind of in like the worst opposition get promoted because they have to turn to a full-time club and pay for a new pitch, and it's quite expensive and all that. So then to bring new additions as well, and we said back the manager, maybe give them a new contract. It's a very exciting time to be a Sutton fan. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for that financially, though, so hopefully they can find that sort of backing which they need to be able to do a Harrogate or a Barrow and stabilise themselves in this division. Uh Obviously, their squad, um, they've got a really good winger, I believe, from Millwall on loan called Isaac Olofo. Uh, mainly just about tightening down some of those players because they've got a really decent squad. Craig Eastman as well in there. Uh, so, for when Sutton have obviously now promoted, promoted, I think all eye is going to be on them for the next season. You know, it's one of those underdog stories where people didn't really expect them to get promoted. They've gone and done it. I'd be maybe like a, maybe like a Cambridge, I guess, or Cheltenham this season. Uh, not really who to expect them to go for that title, but they've done it. Uh, so a fair play to them, and I'm sure they'll be a fantastic addition to the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, one manager has been also been appointed at Warsaw, Matthew Taylor, very inexperienced manager as well. I mean, Warsaw had a pretty disappointing season overall last year. Where do you see? How do you see them possibly doing? I think you had them to go down, Gabriel Evan, right as well last mm-hmm. season. So, how do you see them going next season, possibly under a new manager? Uh, I would say going down like I did this season, because obviously that was quite far off, but. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to get much better for also fans, unfortunately. Obviously, under under Rob Dutton, the interim manager before, uh, he didn't really have a good time with it. I don't think people really wanted him to get the permanent job. So, that, since Daryl Clark's left, obviously, I think he's going more right for him at Portville. But this new manager doesn't fill you with confidence. You know, he's been working in a youth role at Tottenham Hotspur, never worked as a first-team manager anywhere. So, it's a huge risk for Walsall, especially when there are some very good, decent 
con- not confident, uh, experienced managers out there right now. I mean, you look at Leighton Orange's appointment of Kenny Jacket. That is the sort of appointment that you want at League Two level, not some random coach from a youth team in the Premier League who's never really worked at this level, no idea what it's about. Uh, so it's a bit risky, but again, it's one of those moves where if it works out, then it's a stroke of masterclass. Yeah, um, Callum, um, obviously we talked a bit last week about League One and the playoffs there. Um, well, Sunderland will be staying a League One team next season. As a Cambridge fan, that must be quite exciting for you to know you're going to be facing a club like Sunderland, of course, who were a Premier League team as recently as less than five years ago. 100%. I think it's a credit to League One as a as a, tape, a league as well because it's having them big teams like Ipswich, like Sunderland down in that Portsmouth as well, down, down in that league. Um as a Cambridge fan, going to all these new stadiums and having the fans down at Cambridge as well, it's going to be a massive thing. I think it's what our fans deserve. I think any football fans deserve to enjoy these games again and back to being at, at football games. I think this year has been a real loss for us at home watching it. And as much as we, it's good to still watch it, it's still not the same being there. But I think overall, it's just a credit to League One as a whole and how the whole football system works and teams like Cambridge or even teams like Morecambe could still go off Monday, could play these massive old Premier League teams that have still bringing really good um, fans to the games. Well, no matter who it is, it'll certainly be exciting times for them as well. Um, another, We mentioned last week, Callum, as well, about teams who are getting relegated from League One, how we don't really see them doing much in League Two. Um, Swindon after disappointing a new manager. His name's John McGrail, I think it is. Um, I'm not really saying I'm too familiar with him, but... Um, Again, I mean, obviously, with teams coming down, do you think anything different, you know, from last week, I guess? I think Bristol made four signings this week as well. I think it was all yesterday. I don't, I haven't heard of any of them, but they seem to have the kind of, seem to do what Bolton are doing, just signing loads of players, kind of a bit like a panic buy. And it's going to be interesting to see if they all gel in time as well. Because Bolton, when Bolton bought all the players in the summer, it didn't seem to work at all till December time. And they just managed to get a promotion at the end of it. Um, yeah. well, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, Gabrielle, no, what about um, yourself, though? What do you think of uh, the teams who are coming down from League One? Do you think that maybe they're quite a week for a week four coming down? Because me and Callum certainly discussed this last week. And do you think that could make League Two a lot more open next season as well? Yeah, definitely. And I, I agree with what you said last week about it maybe not being so much more competitive. Like, you know, last season was Bolton One just coming down. Obviously, quite big clubs being relegated, which is going to make League Two a lot more competitive. And, uh, just enjoyable to watch, but you know, you've got a lot of teams who, I guess you can sort of say, have just kind of trotted along in League One, never really made too much of a splash, I guess. Uh, I think out of all the teams going down, Bristol Rovers for me uh, is definitely the ones to watch. They've got some fantastic fans there. Uh, Joey Barton is a manager, I believe he's still in charge there. Uh, he's a very decent manager, you know, he was doing decent with Fleetwood, I guess, before he unfortunately got sacked. Um, but yeah, they've made some of these signs, they've got a really good centre-back from Atkinson Stanley, I think it's Mark Hughes, it was being being with Aberdeen Stanley all through their rise through the football league and things like that, and getting to their position. I think he was their captain at one point, so that's a really good sign for them. I'm sure that he'll be able to leave that Bristol Rovers need desperately right now. But like Callum says, you never know with the whole gelling process and how long it takes players to actually adapt to their new surroundings. We could see a Bolton one situation where it just eventually works out, or you could see I can't think of a club that's not really worked out too well. Walsall, for example, you know when they came down, have never really got off their feet too much in League Two and made. Well, made a splash, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a, diff- bit of a difficult one. Again, Rochdale are another club that won't surprise me. They did do very well just with that that they've sort of managed in league one for so long. And I don't, I don't think that's really luck. I think that they've just had a good management team and some decent players over there. 
Yeah, what about uh, Bradford then, Gabriel? Obviously, first time we touched on them this evening. Um, new manager not yet confirmed, I believe, at Bradford. So, um, you know, what are you thinking right now? Because looking at League Two at the moment, with, with all due respect to the clubs there, do you think Bradford are perhaps the standout team who people look at maybe and think like, you know, treat it as a bit like a cup final, so to speak, when they play them? Yeah, and it's going to sound a bit disrespectful to obviously the rest of the league, but I don't really think Bradford should be in League Two. And that's good. I'm going to be biased, obviously, being a Bradford fan, but. You look at the fan bases that we attract and the size of the stadium, and it's probably not where we should be. I mean, four credits, obviously, uh, Cheltenham, Cambridge, and Bolton for what they've done because it's just a shame what's happened to Bradford in recent years and how they haven't been able to do what those clubs have done. Uh, but I mean, right now, all signs point to Derek Adams and him come to Bradford, which I think would be a fantastic appointment. I don't know why he'd want to leave Morecambe, to be honest with you, uh, to come to Bradford. It's not even like it's a nice place or anything. Uh, but it just seems, seems a bit of a strange, strange thing for him to do to leave leave a club very clearly on the up under and me the club be like council for the club playing Sunderland next season. I don't know why he'd want to leave to redo it all over again with another club in League Two. Uh, but we're linked with Cole Stockton at Markham, we're linked with Oscar Frelkeld who's apparently lost signing, uh, who we played who Derek Adams worked under I worked for no worked with, sorry, uh, at Plymouth Argyle. So all signs right now are playing Derek Adams. It does seem a bit strange how we're waiting to appoint our new managers if he is involved in the playoffs. Uh, and I think that'd be a great appointment. I think that could be the appointment to really get us going back in the right direction. Well, he's worked wonders with Morecambe, of course. And if Morecambe don't win on Monday, I really think that could sway his decision a little bit as well. If they get promoted, I really can't see him leaving. But, you know, you never know. Things mm-hmm. have to happen like that before. So we'll be interested to see what happens with Bradford's new appointment. Um, Callum, we did touch on this a little bit last week about maybe the surprise packages for next season in League Two. Um, look, looking at the league, like we just mentioned about it being so open, is there any team in particular for you that stands out and you think could really do well and surprise people? Um, I'm, I've am i said from the beginning, Leighton Orient. I think they had a really good season this year and a really good bid table. They've bid table teams like when they came up the year before and surprised a few teams and fans last year as well. Um, and with this year, they haven't been too bad at all. And really, I think with the right couple of signings and the fans back as well, they could really surprise a few teams. I think... Colchester are going to be back up there this year I think uh, next year sorry I think this year it's just been a blip for them um, and some players leaving and things happen behind the scenes but I think Colchester could definitely be up near the playoffs again and hopefully push for playoff positions for them um, but also I think they could be a surprise package like a Harrogate or a Barrow having the momentum from this season and definitely trying to push for that mid-table nearly the playoffs so I think there's a quite a few teams that definitely could surprise a lot of play, a lot of people next year. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be very open, in my opinion, League Two. Like you say, without the likes of a Bolton with their presence, it's going to be very interesting which clubs do do really well. Really, obviously, you always have that surprise like this season. Well, there was two, Morecambe and Cambridge, of course. So we'll have to see um, there. Um, Gabrielle as well, uh, going into the final on Monday, it's kind of built up as, of course, Derek Adams versus Kevin Ellison after what happened earlier on in the season. Uh, I believe Ellison, after he scored that wonder goal, said, I'm coming for you to the cameras. So... You know, I mean, this is going to be summit. So, who, like, in terms of a last laugh, how do you see this one going? This is going to be an, an interesting battle. I'm, I'm going to have to back Kevin Ellison. He's just he's just a living legend, isn't it? For how, how everything, how he's orchestrated this, he's made it like a like a movie. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to back him. You know, I've said Newport. Uh, I've I've done a preview for the game. and I've actually put him to start as well. So I'm hoping that he'll be starting and you know bagging a win and we'll see him go to cameras and put it all in Derek Adams' face stuff like that. I think it'd be really funny. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get involved with it, but I just, I just think Kevin Ellison will, will get the last laugh. 
Oh, it's crazy stuff, really, isn't it? To think, obviously, you know, all all of it going on, and it's rare after what's gone on in the season. It's just ironic. This is the playoff final, such a big game as well, and whoever has it is certainly going to be happier. That's that's for sure. Um, Callum, obviously, we mentioned earlier on about uh, Newport doubling uh, Morecambe earlier on in the season. Morecambe haven't been doubled by many teams this season, so that do you think that could play a bit of a part as well going into the final? As in, or do you think that could also benefit Morecambe because they'll be eager to get revenge, of course. I think it's a bit of both. I think Newport will definitely feel they can break Morecambe down, beat them twice this season already, which is going to be a big momentum boost for them. But then you could also argue Morecambe can change their tactics up a bit, try and counteract what Newport think what they think Newport's going to do. But then that could also ultimately make Morecambe not play how they played the whole season. So there's going to be a lot of if buts and maybes depending on what's going to happen. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to who what team wants it more and what team's going to win to push possibly into 120 minutes plus penalties. Because um, I don't believe this game's going to be finished in 90 minutes. I really don't. Um, I think both teams have got a real momentum and real push, and I don't think any team's going to lie down at all. Um, both teams want it a lot. And the momentum from Morecambe, but then also the expectation from Newport, so it's going to be a real big game. And I, I really don't think... I think f- for a final... You can argue most form goes out the window. It's just depending on who team performs on the day. But I can really see Morecambe just wanting it a lot more than Newport ever will do. So I'm still back in Morecambe, even though Newport have beaten twice this season. Yeah, um, Gabriel, we mentioned, I'm going to mention as well, the fixture list for League Two. Well, the EFL in general comes out on June 24th. As a League Two fan, does the fixture list really say mean an awful lot to you as in obviously... If you can go games, it probably means a bit more. But um, do you think it means as much in these leagues as it does in the Premier League, or don't you really get that on fixture release day? Uh, I don't. I don't really get. It, to be honest, I mean, this season, Bradford had Colchester in the first day of the season. I was a bit worried about that because obviously Colchester have been sort of a playoff team for the past few seasons. But you know, finishing all know with them and Colchester ends up near the bottom of the table. And you look back and you would have thought Bradford probably should have won that game. You know, coming up against Colchester side. So I don't really think it matters because, especially in League Two, League One, and even the Championship mainly, you never know who the main like core teams are going to be that are going to be up there at the end of the season. It's you always get that surprise package like a Markham or like a Colchester being far, quite far down that you never really expect. So I don't think it gets as much hype as the Premier League, for example, because obviously you've got the big six and all that. Um, but it's just it's impossible to predict where everyone's going to finish. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, you look at Colchester, you know, last year's fixture release, that's a really tough, tough game. It never turned out to be that, of course, because obviously of the fact Colchester finished near the bottom as well. It was a nil-nil draw as well, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, I mean, like maybe not quite the buzz. As for you, though, Callum, I'm sure you see it a bit differently because um, the fact you could have someone like a Sunderland or a Portsmouth away probably excites you that little bit more, I guess, in League One. I think with the expectation and hoping fans are going to be allowed back in by September um, and having a full capacity at a Sunderland or a Portsmouth at home or away is going to be a really big thing for us. I think as a lower club with no really expectation that season, I think the fixture list could mean a bit more in League One because if we get the likes of a Portsmouth or Sunderland within a mix of busy period like Christmas time when form really does matter, it can really play a part on how well a team performs knowing you've got Sunderland and Portsmouth and then Ipswich all three weeks in a row, for example. It could really play a part on a team's morale and fitness levels, and especially with a smaller squad that we've got at the moment with no signs yet to be announced. It's a real 
I think it's more of a hoping we don't get three bad week, really bigger teams in a row instead of having a few lower league teams. So it really could depend on our form at the time. But I think just being general, I think Cambridge fans are just going to enjoy the season and we'll take what happens and hope for the best. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, just a case of enjoy it. And hopefully you do get fans in for the ride as well. Um, Gabrielle, I'm going to ask as well about the, uh, obviously looking past the playoffs really and the transfer window this season. Um, so many clubs obviously need good transfer windows to do well. But again, in League Two, it's a bit similar, like you say, to the fixture list situation. We don't really know who's going to be a great signing. We don't, obviously, a lot of unknowns come through. Do you feel that, obviously, look at a Bolton, for example, last season? I know they went up in the end, of course, but you feel like the, the signing of too many players, especially at a club like Bradford, of course, your team, isn't really what needs to happen necessarily? Or do you think after last season's finish, it does need to happen? I don't really think there's much improvement that's needed for it, especially not not Bradford. You know, we have some we have a very decent core of the squad. It's mainly just rotation and backup players that are perhaps needed. Uh, but I think the best thing about League One and League Two, especially, is all the free agents that become available. Because you look at the Premier League and you might have to splash out twenty plus million for a player, which is obviously always going to be difficult because there's a risk with that huge transfer fee and the wage expectations and things like that. But in League One and Two, there's there's never there's rarely a fee play for a, uh, a fee paid for a player. Uh, and I think that comes with such much just less expectation, I guess, and it gives that player less pressure to perform. Uh, so I think that works out better, I guess, in, especially in, in these divisions. And, you know, with all the financial problems that the coronavirus has caused, that's massive. That could help out these cl- clubs just loads. But I won't put it past, you know, the National League and looking at some of the players in that division because I think a lot of people would be surprised how close League Two and the National League are in terms of quality-wise. I'd even argue sometimes National League, National League clubs, sorry, have better played football, you know, look at Sutton this season. I think they mainly use like a, like a tick-attacker sort of style, I guess, and it's worked out for them perfectly. So, you know, I think you need to look at some of the lower divisions. There's players in there who could definitely make the step up to League Two uh, and even some free agents in League One who are perhaps a bit older. I think Colchester made a sign of Cole Skews. Uh, he's been at Ipswich for a number of years now. He's 32 years old, but, you know, he can still very much do a job in League One, uh, in League Two, sorry, which he's going to do with Colchester. Uh, so I think for now, especially with Bradford, just getting those rotation players in and just maybe giving players like Elliot Watt or Levi Sutton, who are our actual only two centre mids, uh, a little bit of a break. Yeah, that's it. I think obviously maybe the depth is the main thing that's needed there. So, um, Callum, just touch on what Gabrielle said, actually, about the National League and League Two not really being that much difference in quality. A lot of people are now saying that the difference between League One and League Two is certainly getting a lot bigger in quality. and. As a Cambridge fan, does that like worry you at all? Or do you think that, you know, maybe that's the top end of League One and not really the bottom end? Because we saw, to, you know, last season that the bottom end were the kind of a team you expected to be down there, I guess, in, in League One. Yeah, but I think with um, the difference between League One and League Two is a big difference, but for, like you said, for the top half. Um, but you're always going to get that surprise team that's going to go higher than like this season with us on Morecambe that no one really predicted to be up there. Um, you're always going to get your normal teams to be up at the, the like championship, for example. All the teams are going to predict to be up there. And occasionally you get some teams that are going to surprise a few t- um, and be high near the top. But I think for being a Cambridge, Cambridge fan, the main thing for us is just having that squad depth that we can cope with the midweek games against Ipswich or Sunderland or whoever, even the, the mid, mid-table teams. Um we need to make sure we've got the squad to do that and make sure we're not having 
one game in mind and hoping we win that and kind of throw the other one away just because we haven't got good squad depth. So I think for us, we have to look at the National League, League Two, like the good players. And because we're a high league now, we're hopefully going to attract more players and get some better signings in that we're not used to seeing really at Cambridge. But I think for any team high, high end of League Two, it's always going to be one team that are going to stand out from the rest of them and are going to attract more players. So it's always a worry for the lower teams in League One or League Two or even the Championship that they're not going to attract the players because their team's not got the ambition or they're not as high as some teams that are offering. So I think having a youth good, really good youth team is a big thing for us. I think going back to Cambridge, we've had a really good youth team over the few years and produced some good players from it. Um, and that's really helped us. So I think for some teams, they have to rely on the youth teams or the hope they're going to get, get someone lucky and bring someone in. Yeah, um, Gabrielle, just want to back up as well what Callum said about the fixture list. I mean, obviously, usually it's in the AFL, it's strong anyway. And of course, you have Saturday, Tuesday quite regularly. But this year in particular, you can probably back this up as a Bradford fan. The Saturday, Tuesday schedule was worse than ever. I'd probably say the season just gone, of course. So do you think that next season it will be a bit of a benefit for some clubs? There won't be as many injuries and fatigue might not set in as much as it did towards the end of last season? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously with all the coronavirus stuff and having to, um, having to uh, what's the word, self-isolate after after I get coming in contact with someone, it caused a lot more Tuesday, get, Tuesday night games to happen. Uh, and I mean, from a League Two League Two fan, it's it's difficult, obviously, because you know you've got you've got other things to, to do on Tuesday nights. I work on Tuesday nights, so I miss quite a few Bradford games because of it. Uh, even with the players, though, you know, it's just it's constant. Bradford were fairly lucky to be fair because. I don't think we ever actually got any problems within, within the actual squad. We've self-isolated. It was always the team we were playing. Um, but I don't know. I think a good idea for this season, and I know a lot of people agree with this, is just to scrap uh, was it the Papa John's trophy. We called? always say this on here. Yes, it's, yeah. uh, it definitely needs it's, to be scrapped. This season would have been just, the perfect time as well. It's just, it's just a terrible competition. It, it's so pointless. And even when you get to the final, that's the only point anyone actually cares because that's the, when you're at Wembley, obviously. Uh, but, you know, you see the Premier League, I think it was Jurgen Klopp complaining about how many games they had to play. And they could never cope with the conditions of League 1 or League 2, especially not with the bloody Papagons Trophy, the League Cup, the FA Cup, League 2, uh, everything going on. It's just it's just impossible. I think, like you said, it would have been better than ever to scrap it last season, but I think it, it just needs to go at this point. Yeah, so I just want to ask you as well, very quickly, Gabriel, about Lee Novak winning uh, the goal of the year in the EFL for his average <laughs> kick against Grimsby. Do you think that was deserved? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I haven't really seen any of the goals that were upper contention, to be honest. But from a Bradford standpoint, absolutely deserve what a player. Surprised he got released, to be honest. If you, I thought we're going to keep him on. I think any whichever league two or national league or whatever club gets him, I think they're very lucky to have him. He's a fantastic strike. I mean, you look at what he did against Grimsby, and it just it just shows that he can definitely perform at this level, maybe the high level. But yeah, I was surprised to see him leave. But fair play to him for getting that goal because it, it is a world to be fair. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, so we're going to put you on the spot now, guys. Starting with you, Callum. What's your score prediction then for the game on Monday? Three, two more come after extra time. Oh, wow. Going for an interesting game then. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I think both teams are just going to go for it. Um, they've got nothing to lose and it all comes down to this game. And I can't see Morecambe or Newport not giving it 110%. So I do believe that it's going to be a really good game. 
Well, one thing I was going to say, atmospheres in the, in, the, in the semi-finals were absolutely superb at every ground, in my opinion, especially, I think, in League 2. I mean, they all were in every ground, but I particularly noticed in League 2 with teams who have lower attendances, still fantastic atmosphere. So let's hope that carries on into Wembley. Um, what about yourself then, Gabrielle? What are you saying, score prediction-wise? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Newport with a Kevin Ellison overhead kick winner in the 98th oh. minute. Runs off the pitch, <laughs> runs to Derek Adams, celebrates in front of him. Massive fight breaks out, game gets abandoned. I'm telling you now, that's what's going to happen. And it'll be the best <laughs> League 2 player final you've ever seen. Well, that would certainly be quite something if he scores anywhere near a last-minute winner. I'll tell you what, Ellison, that will be... <laughs> the scenes and the, head, the headlines will be certainly be written. But yeah, no. Yeah. So, you, so you guys going for a mix, then you're going for Newport, and then you're going uh, Gabriel for Newport, and then Callum for Morecambe. Well, we'll have to see anyway. Certainly, should be an interesting one. But yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Anyway, guys, that is all we got time for this evening, and I'll see you next week. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, mate.